Now, what's happening is uh, as as India is moving to robust as what 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 you're seeing is that robust as a plant re- requires a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you might save on pesticide and you might save on uh, uh, all of these other things um, and labor, but you need water. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode three of a five-part series. And we are talking about future-proofing the production of coffee in India, but kind of sort of in general. Uh, as well. In this episode, we are going to talk more about sustainability because we didn't really talk that much about sustainability in the last episode. Thank you, Akshay. Um, But we are going to talk some more about it in this episode. And we're also going to talk about the difference between the idea of a species versus varietals and which are the best suited for sustainable practices. So Akshay, tell us a little bit more about sustainability. Actually, let's not go down that rabbit hole. What we'll do is, uh, from, from from a sustainability perspective, at least for us, I think a lot of the focus has been on low intervention, right? So okay. bottom line. No point, intervention. L- low intervention. Low intervention. Low intervention. Now, uh, there's two ways you can make money. One is basically by increasing yield, or two is basically by cu- cutting your cost. So right. I'm saying let's look at cutting our cost as well as reducing our footprint on the environment. Mm-hmm. That is the way out. Right, and mm-hmm. I would rather take that than than you know the intensive way out, which involves more work. So, uh, so we've been really looking into low intervention uh, uh, coffee species mm-hmm. varieties, if you, and uh, um, essentially we were talking about how Arabica is a bit more expensive, um, but. Now, what's happening is uh, as as India is moving to robust as what 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 you're seeing is that robust as a plant re- requires a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you might save on pesticide and you might save on uh, uh, all of these other things um, and labor, but you need water. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Now, the the plant structure is such that it's a shallow-rooted plant. Mm -hmm. Um, It's deployed, uh, 22 chromosomes, but that may be going too technical, but essentially uh, what it is, is it has a high stromatal density. Uh, there's a lot of transpiration losses of the leaves. That coupled with the shallow rooting system means that the plant needs water to keep going. It needs more water than Arabica, when in the past we thought actually Arabica requires more water than Robusta. Now why, why, uh, why is Arabica a bit more drought resistant than Robusta? Is It's a deeper rooting uh, plant, 30 to 60 centimeters under the soil. Um, the tetraploid nature has has sort of uh, lent itself to having a lower stomatal density. Transpiration losses are lower, and naturally, it seems to do better in the shade in India. So, which is fantastic. The extra shade also keeps our soil temperatures lower. Um, so, it's a win-win. So, uh, generally, an Arabic uh, uh, farm would end up uh, uh, requiring much less water than a robuster one. Which is uh, which is news to the industry, right? Like, this is not something that we is generally accepted in the producing industry. 
We all thought that Robusta was the future. It is the thing that's going to save us from a sustainability perspective. What you're telling us is that it's actually quite the opposite, uh, that Robusta requires more water than Arabica does in, pro- in the yes. production process. There's a caveat here, right? Okay. Now, Arabica's, Arabica's can tolerate more drought, drought than Robusta's, but temperatures need to be cooler for Arabica's to perform well. Okay. Which is why the shade again. So right. if you have the shade, you can make, uh, I mean, we've seen on our own farm, yeah. uh, a difference of about five degrees between in the shade and out. Wow. Okay. So that helps uh, quite heavily. Now, uh, but again, um, one of, so our perspective is uh, climate change is happening whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. So rather, rather than uh, um, try and, 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 and turn climate change back, we look at how we can actually uh, work with climate change and find things that are going to work when the climate changes. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing Excelsior since 2000. I've been doing Excelsior since, uh, since I'm a kid. I mean, this is, um, uh, this is a very interesting uh, story. I'm going to make it quick. Basically, every time I came to the coffee farm, that was once every three months, my grandfather would say, okay, you know, Excelsior is the best coffee in the world. Drink it. It's a tasty. It's, and I believed him. It was fruity. It tasted good. Fantastic. Those days, I drank coffee with milk and sugar. And it was mm-hmm. fantastic. So I believe this is the best coffee in the world. And uh, uh, and he said, you know, because it's the best coffee in the world, we keep it to ourselves. We don't sell it. Only now do I, <laughs> did I realize that there's no commodity price. It was never sold. It was basically <laughs> kept. Uh, so, so when we first started exporting coffees, we sent this this Excelsa to, uh, to a roaster in, 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 in the UK. who said this was horrid. It tastes like burnt rubber. But anyway, so that's, that's a story for another time. So we've been doing Excelsa for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so during during a bad summer, you can see the Robusta plants wilt. You can see the Arabica plants wilt. The Excelsas look absolutely fine. They don't skip a beat. I mean, they look wow. as healthy as when it's, when it's raining. And, 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 and we started looking into it. And uh, then we came across uh, uh, some of Dr. Davis's research and uh, how they're looking at Excelsa as uh, um, as uh, a drought resistant species and we we had already started keeping track of data such as caffeine and and outturns and uh, outturns is the amount of uh, a fruit to clean coffee ratios because mm-hmm. excelsa is a bit weak than arabica robusta we had been keeping track of cups co and we had already identified certain plants that that, that have been cupping significantly higher we have plants that have uh, higher outturns as well and 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 uh, uh, we started talking to uh, Dr. Davis and the Indian Coffee Board about our excelsas, um, and uh, uh, and uh, um, and so after a bit of research. Yeah, go on. Yeah, after a bit of research, research the the excelsa uh, uh, shoot to root ratio is 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 fantastic. It's super deep rooted. That coupled with the really thick leaves uh, reduces transpiration. The stomatal density is lower than that of robustas. It's losing very little water. And uh, um, I mean, we've seen stem borer attacks on excelsas, but they, they don't skip a beat. Some of them we've seen wow. are susceptible to leaf rust, but majority aren't. It's hardy. We do not fertilize it. Uh, however, of course, we fertilize the rest of our plants, so there is going to be runoff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, Dr. David mentioned that in Uganda, they don't fertilize at all. For excelsa. 
For I mean, they they don't really fertilize in Uganda at mainly. all. I mean, mostly for anything at all. Oh wow. Okay, so the uh, question the question I have for you though is how does the Excelsa Cup? So we've got we've got certain um, you could call it varieties. I mean, at the moment now, Excelsa is a variety of Liberica, but it's okay. It's I mean I don't think uh, uh, that would be fair because it's very different from Liberica's in from the way it cups to the amount of caffeine it has to the structure of the of the fruit to the flowers. There's Again, that comes back to your question: What is a species and the varietal? And 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 with this, I really don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea why Excelsa is not a species on its own. Because okay. within Excelsa, now we've had our Excelsa's DNA tested, and the seed material goes back to South uh, 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 South Sudan, East Congo, from potentially the 1900s. Um, wow. Now, so these plants have been planted by my grandfather, some by my great grandfather. Um, we've got some of them that are going up to 60 feet. Now, this Jesus. really should be a separate... That's yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's, like... it's a tree that at 60 feet. Yeah. That's yeah. a tree. That's not a plant. Yeah. No, so, so it sells as a tree. Wow. Okay. So so tell me something. Um, you're, you're saying that Excelsa is a varietal that sits under Liberica, correct? At the moment. At the moment, it used to be a, a separate species, but in the two, in early two thousands, it came under Liberica. And does it cup anything like most Libericas? So basically, uh, no. It cups. It depends, right? So we've we've got three of three different uh, varieties of Excelsa on our own farm, and that's in the seventy five acres. Mm -hmm. And from cup to outturns is very different, right? Now to give you an idea. Uh, we've got we've got one Excelsa variety that is cupping at. Now we don't know how to cup it, right? Nobody knows how to cup Excelsa. On what score sheet are you cupping right. it? But for the pickle, let's give it a hypothetical number. It's cupping at seventy six. We okay. have one that's cupping at eighty one, and we have one that's cupping at an eighty three without any processing, pure naturals. Now wow. all of them have different outcomes as well. So uh, we actually uh, uh, our our uh, uh, highest cupping Excelsas have an average outturn of about eight point three is to one. So that means we need eight, uh, eight, eight thousand, eight point three tons of, of fruit to give you one ton of clean coffee. Oh uh, wow! With Arabicas, it's six to one. With How robustas, much? Four, six is to one. Okay. With robustas, it's five, four point five is to one. Okay. Um, so uh, um, right, so now we our, our low cupping excelsa at seventy six has six point five is to one ratio. So ideally, for for you to commercialize a species, you need a balance of cup and outers. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, but again, Arabica's had a hundred plus years of research. Robusta has had fifty to seventy years of research. Excelsa has had none, or a few years now. Since, uh, so, for those sorry, in what? the audience who don't know what the difference between a species and a variety is, can you just give us a quick? I mean, outline. Yeah. So, so again, I'm. I I I really am confused, but I can tell you between Arabicas and Robustas and 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 and, and all of these things. I mean, I've, I've, I've asked a lot of people this. Like I said, I come from a very black and white background, and in for me, uh, uh, biotech and 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 uh, uh, all of this is seems to be extremely grey, and I can't make sense of it. But at least you know you can tell. Now, what what is an Arabica, right? What how can you tell something is an Arabica? Uh huh. Now. An Arabica basically 
is 44 chromosomes, 20 coming in from eugenitis, uh, 22 coming in from eugenitis, 22 coming from can canifora. Yep. When, uh, when, when you basically uh, uh, cross that with an HDT, uh, it's called a robusta. But why? Arabica already had canifora genes. Right. And for those who don't know, canifora and robusta are the same thing. Robusta, same sorry, thing yeah. yeah. So, so basically, um, it's all it's all a big muddle. But yes, there are there are ways scientifically. You've got the DNA testing bands. Arabica has a certain band. Eugenics has a certain band. Robusta has a certain band. A set of bands that that they match. The certain characters that that the scientific community have come up with, and they've said, okay, this is what this is. This is what this is, and this is what this is. Right. But that change because as we learn more that can change right, right? Um, and and I mean for example uh, because uh, in a search for uh, uh, drought resistant coffee we've come across this uh, uh, coffee called Selection 11 from the coffee board they've been working on this since the 1940s it's been sold as an Arabica but in reality it's actually a ligenoidus um, it's a ligenoidus that uh, that doubled its chromosomes and it was back crossed with eugenoidus, so it's actually majority eugenoidus, a little bit of Liberica. It's super drought resistant. It has complete vertical resistance against leaf rust. It's supposed to have a lot of uh, horizontal resistance against uh, leaf rust as well. It's been grown in completely open conditions in a new growing area in India, uh, in Andhra Pradesh, which is really dry. It's super low intervention. The only drawback was smaller bean size, which the specialty industry doesn't care too much about. No, we don't. Uh, and we shouldn't care about these things. Um, however, it's been crossed now with HTT to increase the bean size. And there's a, this variety is being released called 4595, which now has a lot of eugenoidus, some Liberica, some Robusta genes. It's a mishmash <laughs> of all these things. But... But it's amazing because it's 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 hardy. It, mm -hmm. So eugenoidus is super super hardy. Uh, uh, is a super hardy plant on its own. Mm. But that coupled with with some of the Liberica genes has made it even hardier. And now crossed with HTT, it comes close to what a normal Arabica would look like. And uh, I think this is you know where we should be heading, looking at, at at species that 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 are low intervention, like these species, or it is an Arabica at the moment. No, um, and you know what so I might do? I might stop you there because yep. this is going to go into our next episode, which is the preferred species for ah, okay. future proofing. So, it, just before you start that conversation, that's actually on the next episode. Let's let's wait for the next episode to to follow that. Uh, super interesting. I'm learning a lot, and and I I hope that the folks who are listening are, are also learning a lot. Thank you, guys. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day, folks. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.